0: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.
1: Ah, like the devil in the deep blue sea. What can I tell you? Boy, I tell you, this is one of those strange days. I had to get a lot of things done, and I timed it what I thought perfectly, right? Everything was going to fall in place, no glitches, you know, hallelujah. Never works out that way, does it? Certainly doesn't for me. Any glitch that could have possibly happened did. But thank goodness I had left just enough recovery time that I was able to remedy it. And you're probably all sitting there wondering, like, what is she talking about? Well, I was obviously up late last night trying to figure out what the Colorado Supreme Court thought was going to happen when they handed down the most anti-democratic opinion in decades. And you're talking about four justices that literally stripped away the right of millions of voters to choose who they want to run for president, and they did You know, in the name of democracy, they did that. It's like burning down a house in the name of fire safety. I stole that line from Jonathan Turley. The only good news is that this now flawed theory will be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court where it will be put to rest forever and a day. This is crazy land. And what they don't understand is that for people like me, Doing this, this opinion only reinforces the fact that I believe the Democrats are engaging in lawfare, trying to do in the courts what they cannot do at the polls. See, they cannot win at the polls and they certainly can't make Donald Trump go away at the polls. So they do this. So this, is, this could not have happened at a worse moment for Democrats. You've got Donald Trump surging in every opinion poll. You've got Democrats now openly saying, uh, we think think President Biden is about to be beaten in 2024. Not only is Donald Trump beating him in many polls, but he has a lead among young voters. Listen to me carefully. Young voters where he has never had a lead That's scary for Democrats, but they just keep at it. They don't seem to care. So for those voters who want to vote for Donald Trump, this Colorado ruling shows them that Joe Biden is on the ropes and the referee called the bout in his favor anyway. Even if, as expected, this gets reversed at the Supreme Court, which it will. Americans are not going to forget What they consider an effort to take away their vote. These four justices offered their first impression in this dangerous opinion. The lasting impression of the voters is not gonna look good for the court. It's not gonna look good for the Supreme Court, and it's definitely not gonna look good for Democrats. These four justices admitted that, oh, you know, this is uncharted territory. We can do whatever we want. And sometimes that may be true and can't be avoided. But in this case, the Colorado Supreme Court took a left turn off of the constitutional map. Not, not good, not beneficial for them, not beneficial for Biden, not beneficial for the Democrats, and definitely not beneficial for this country. So, I didn't get upset last night as much as I thought I was going to be because the more I read, and of course I read stuff that uh, was uh, deliriously happy thinking that this was the end of Donald Trump. That's not true. I know it's not true. You know it's not true. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis know it's not true. But what is true is that we have a weaponized Department of Justice and it really is going to anger The American voter. It already has, but it's only getting worse. So I wasn't that upset, but I did want to read as many opinions as I could, opinions of people that I respected. You know, I don't really care what Liz Cheney thinks. (laughs) Um, But when guys like Alan Dershowitz and Jonathan Turley, who you just heard me quoting a little bit, when Dershowitz says, a decision by the all Democrat Supreme Court of Colorado to remove Donald Trump from the ballot is among the most undemocratic and unconstitutional rulings that I have ever read in my 60 years of teaching and practicing law. In fact, the 14th Amendment explicitly provides that the Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. It's clear that this measure was never intended to turn the enforcement mechanisms over to individual states and their courts. Furthermore, the 14th Amendment was not designed to circumvent the impeachment provisions of the U.S. Constitution, which also authorized disqualification from the ballot, but require a two-thirds vote of the U.S. Senate and other procedural safeguards. Under the Colorado court's power grab, there are no safeguards. Due process has been thrown out of the courthouse window. In the opinion of these Colorado judges, a candidate need not even be convicted by a jury of the crimes of insurrection or rebellion before their rights are stripped away. The 14th Amendment does not empower individual states to make such important decisions regarding the right to vote for presidential candidates. It is a time-bound provision rooted in post-Civil War fears that Confederates would meddle in state reconstruction efforts. So when the U.S. Supreme Court will almost certainly review the case and delay a decision past Colorado's March 5th primary, make no mistake about it. The Colorado Supreme Court has damaged American democracy and violated the Constitution. And the American people are going to pay the price. Because the country inevitably became more bitter, more distrustful, and more divided than it was. And it was pretty darn bad. So those are liberal opinions, okay? I don't even have to read the conservative opinions to you because you get that. But when liberal guys like Turley and Dershowitz go, this is the worst thing that ever happened, (laughs) it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And they apparently don't care how bad it is. I care. You care. People who are active politically and who believe, even in a system that seems as though it's gone haywire, we still believe that when push comes to shove, we will unite and do what's right for the country, which is why um, when you listen, to some of the re- legislators right now, they, they will tell you. Even the guys who voted to impeach Trump. For instance, Peter Meijer, who was one of the top, uh, 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump after January 6th, stated today, he wrote in the free press, that the court's decision is shameful. For years we've been told that Donald Trump is worse than Hitler, threat to democracy and that those who opposed him, leading Democrats, the courts, Noam Chomsky, Michael Avenatti, Rachel Maddow, the host of The View, even the old Twitter, were just trying to protect it. It's odd then to now be told that the best way to save democracy is by banning Trump from the ballot. And that's what happened in Colorado yesterday when the state Supreme Court ruled in a four to three decision that the former president, currently the most popular presidential candidate on both sides, was disqualified from appearing on Colorado ballots for the 2024 presidential election. It is the most extra constitutional act by a high court ever. It's astonishing on every level. The Colorado Court did it by reinvigorating Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which reads, in part, that no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the U.S. who has engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort comfort to the enemies thereof. Those words were written in 1866. It was a year after the Civil War ended a war in which over 100,000 Union soldiers died to keep America united in order to bar Confederate officials from serving in government. So imagine, a dark and shameful day, you may think of January 6th, I know Peter Meiser did, but no federal court has found, nor is the Justice Department even alleging that Donald Trump is guilty of anything close to insurrection or rebellion. And yet here is the highest court in the state of Colorado taking it upon itself to conclude a violation of federal statute. The vote was not unanimous. It was a four to three split. And as Washington Post columnist, no, no conservative, Jason Willick noticed, all of the Supreme Court justices are Democratic appointees. So what predicted their vote was not party, but law school. All the Ivy League grads voted to disqualify. All the Denver law grads voted not to disqualify I want you to think, put that in your pipe and smoke it, because what we're learning about the Ivy Leagues is that they do a very shoddy job of educating anybody. In a time when elite schools appear uniquely removed from reality, amid a political moment defined by elite failure, the irony is profound. Trump campaigns on saving America from elites seeking to thwart the will of the people and then those elites in turn respond by confirming Trump's worst allegations. And third, the consequences. What is extraordinary is the precedent that is set because now past exceptions become today's rules. Bending the law and loosening interpretations to force Donald Trump's accountability for January 6th into the legal realm will be far more damaging in the long term than whatever Trump's opponents think they might prevent. Broadening the 14th Amendment's understanding of insurrection from the horrendous bloodshed of a civil war or equivalent catastrophe is gonna open the floodgates for tit for tat challenges if trump's rhetorical culpability for january 6th actually qualifies then there are going to be lawsuits against democratic politicians who encouraged blm rioters was kamala harris giving aid or comfort when she fundraised bail money for rioters you can imagine where this can go political chaos is guaranteed if the colorado ruling stands that the Supreme Court will undoubtedly vote to overturn it is cold comfort now. Now that a state Supreme Court has sanctioned such folly, you'll be hard pressed to find someone less, who likes Trump less than Peter Meiser. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't want to uphold the Constitution. Trump's liability for January 6th, Peter thinks, is political. You don't pursue legal action on a political grounds. And I, he said, I must stand against the mockery that this Colorado Supreme Court ruling represents because one of Donald Trump's greatest talents is his ability to make his opponents become the very thing they hate. In an effort to protect democracy from Trump, Those who view Trump as a threat to democracy are defiling democratic norms in the process. At every turn, they reinforce the worst suspicions of the public that our system is rigged. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm only quoting you from people who don't like Trump. How about that? Or who are not fans of Trump. They'll defend the Constitution. Jonathan Turley will. Certainly, uh... Um, Alan Dershowitz will, Peter Meiser will. But that doesn't mean that their dislike or discomfort with Trump would force them to turn their back on the most beautiful document ever crafted, the United States Constitution. Anyway, don't forget, download the app, the 850 WFTL app on your cell phone or on your laptop and that way you can follow us whenever you want to, right, uh, right there on your telephone or laptop you don't want to do that, and you don't want to participate in the contest and get the podcast, then check out the website on a weekly basis, 850wftl.com. Let me take a break. I'll be right back. So uh, there was a confrontation down at the border. There's 10 minutes of video, which has been viewed like uh, two million times (laughs) by a reporter who highlighted just how crazy the situation is. And he was, the guy's name, he's from Infowars, so he's an Alex Jones guy, I think his name is Owen. And he posted the video that features him confronting Border Patrol agents and the media over the crisis at the southern border. And During this 10 minutes of video, he highlights the absolute insanity of what's happening at our border and how Americans are now second-class citizens in their own country. He, said, he says, you dirty Americans, get out of the way. This is the illegal immigrants country. What do you guys think you're doing? This country is for illegal immigrants. You guys are dirty Americans, he shouts as the media were directed to give way for the border patrol, which was clearing a path for a bus to depart once it was loaded with more aliens. How rude of you, he said to the media, how rude of you to think you have a country anymore. Sir, he says, he remarked as an official approached him asking that he be courteous to the rest of the media filming, I'm being discourteous, a wide open border, but I'm being discourteous? You drove a bus through a ravine so we shouldn't see this? Do you think the American people are stupid, he asked, as the man walks off? Nobody's allowed to see. There's no Biden border invasion. Shut your cameras off. And this is what you get when incompetent clowns run your country. Don't let them shut you up. This is an American citizen on the border, this Owen guy, whether you like Infowars or not. He has a First Amendment right. And it's time that people like him and people like me and people like you start acting like Americans. It's embarrassing that we've allowed this situation at the border to go on this long. I can't say that I haven't been fighting the good fight for almost 30 years, because I have. But for goodness sake, where have the rest of America been? I mean, armed officials have been dispatched by the very same administration to dismantle my Second Amendment rights, but they're they're literally allowing the behavior of aliens entering this country willy-nilly. Is there any country, you know, this uh, Owen guy asked the cameras, he said, is there any country I can go to and get free stuff? I'm sick of being treated like trash by my own government. Maybe there's a country that'll give me free stuff. Maybe I'll just become an illegal immigrant. Maybe I'll just identify as a Venezuelan prisoner. They'll let me in. Everything's reversed. It's upside down. It's like clown world. And then he went on to criticize Texas Governor Greg Abbott after asking if the service members that were present actually represented the Texas National Guard And then wondering at the law signed by the governor, making it a misdemeanor to enter Texas illegally, which doesn't go into effect until March of next year, we'll send this footage to Abbott. He won't do anything, though. Unbelievable. When you ask people, look at this. There was Ashley St. Clair had an experience at the Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. And she said, my Delta flight from Phoenix appears to be flying migrants who cross the border and are being shipped to New York. So when I asked the Delta representative if this was the case, his response was, what does it matter? They're humans too. What is happening? She said, are taxpayer dollars paying for this? But this is a problem. You have eight million aliens enter the United States during Joe Biden's administration, and people on social media are asking like, well, what's wrong with that? They're humans. You gotta, you gotta be confrontational in 2024. I'm tired of this. It's time to get in the face of all of our elected officials and to get in the face of the media. What kind of media is this that continues to cover up for this kind of behavior? You got armed border patrol agents protecting illegal immigrants from American citizens with cameras. Let me repeat that because if you don't understand that, then you are you need help. You have armed border patrol agents protecting illegal immigrants from American citizens with cameras in their hand. Somebody's got to stand up. You know? Is it going to be you? It really should be you, because otherwise you're going to have to explain to subsequent dem, uh, you know, generations why you didn't think it was important enough, why you didn't think this insanity at our border wasn't a big enough deal to get up and fight. What kind of Americans have we become? This is nothing like you know, the, the greatest generation, this is nothing like the men and women who fought a civil war. I don't know what this is. But I'm, I'm not shutting up anymore. I'm not. Now you got a, one of these transgender activists in Philadelphia, another place where we have not spoken up loudly and hard enough, right? Oh, you know, well, we said our piece and now we just, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Okay, so these... These people, these transgender activists, are not all uh, trying to do the right thing. How about this guy in Philadelphia, a very prominent transgender LGBT activist, arrested yesterday for allegedly raping two young boys because now he's a transgender woman? What? Are, Are you listening? to how we've allowed this insanity to just go so far that when I report a story like that, you've got to be sitting there like I am, going like, what the hell? Why didn't we push back? Why didn't we stop them at the napkin? And then they get all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, celebrity status, these, these activists. The, the incident that skyrocketed him into celebrity status and gave him all this clout to work with legislators to pass all these laws protecting people was when he went to class and got beaten up. Okay, that doesn't give you the right to rape 13-year-old boys. Sorry, I don't care if you're a transgendered woman or you're a a fig. The abuse was originally reported to the police back on September 25th, And a family friend who's been around since these kids were born said that the seven-year-old opened up about the alleged abuse to their grandmother and then two other nephews opened up and they all sat down individually and then they broke down and cried and told everything that had happened. So in other words, this guy, gal, whatever he considers himself right now was raping these little boys and terrifying them so that they wouldn't tell. Mm. Look, obviously, I don't believe all transgendered people are uh, raping minors, but here's one who is, and he's a local or uh, vocal LGBTQ Elementop activist, and even worked with lawmakers to protect the community. Mm, mm, mm. And if you look at the picture of this, thing. I'm tired of calling them by their preferred pronouns. This is the ugliest transgender I've seen in a long time. You know, just having long hair does not make you a woman. Putting on a bra does not make you a woman. Anyway, oh, it's just its so disturbing. i got to take a break. Let me take care of a little bit of business, and then when we come back, I've covered, you know, the the biggest story out there which is the the nightmare before christmas with uh, the president donald trump being kicked off a ballot but trust me this goes to the supreme court and they will make short shrift of this nonsense and uh, we'll see we'll see even the most conservative guys on earth are doing better in the ratings than the most liberal and even the liberal mediaite had to admit that. That on top of the pile is Hannity and uh, Megan Kelly in her whatever that's called podcast world. And then they threw a bone to Morning Joe. I don't believe anybody watches that show. Really, I don't. I looked at the whole list, and I probably should have included it in my year-end wrap-up, but I just don't believe some of the people that are on this list. The, the uh, you know the fact that. Uh, Carlson is not on there. Tells me this is fake fraud and frony. Anyway, quick break, I'll be right back. And of course, uh, just when you thought it couldn't get any more ridiculous, it just does get more ridiculous. And one of the most ridiculous things that has been happening lately is this decision by so many of uh, American policymakers that we will do hostage trading And we insist on other countries doing it, too. We tell them, oh, well, we're not going to support you if you don't, you know, exchange hostages. Not ever thinking about what kind of message have we now sent to the world. Take a hostage and you can get a deal. Maybe not right away. We just reached a deal with the Venezuelan government. They want one of uh, Nicolas Maduro's allies, who's... A Colombian businessman who got arrested in 2020 because he was, uh, he got arrested for his role in a money laundering scheme that involved the bribery of Venezuelan government officials and, uh, you know, a mere $350 million in Venezuelan assets. This guy, Alex Saab, Colombian businessman, Maduro ally, right? Well, now. President Maduro is going to exchange 10 jailed Americans and a group of Venezuelan political prisoners for this one guy. What does that tell you about this one guy? This one guy must be pretty darn important. Among the Americans, the State Department said there were six who were being wrongfully detained, including Ivan Hernandez, Gerald Kennemore, Joseph Cristela, and Savoy Wright. A senior administration official added, at this time, we are not naming any additional individuals out of consideration for their privacy. These individuals have lost far too much precious time with their loved ones, and their families have suffered every day in their absence. President Biden said in a statement, I'm grateful that the ordeal is finally over and that these families are being made whole once more. As part of the arrangement, Leonard Francis, who's better known as Fat Leonard, was arrested and returned to the United States. He was behind one of the worst bribery scandals in U.S. naval history. In 2022, weeks before his sentencing, he fled to Venezuela. He cut his ankle monitor off his, you know, off his ankle and escaped. President Biden had to make the extremely difficult decision to offer something that the Venezuelan counterparts have actively sought. And he made the decision to grant clemency to Alex Saab, who was pending trial for money laundering, and allow his return to Venezuela in what was essentially an exchange of 10 Americans and a fugitive from justice for one person returned to Venezuela. The agreement also requires the Maduro government to release 20 Venezuelan political prisoners as well as opposition party member Roberto Abdul and suspend the arrest warrants for three other Venezuelans. This is all a result of the relaxation of the sanctions on Venezuela that took place in October because we're hoping they get a free and fair election. I mean, come on, guys, nobody believes that. As a caveat to the agreement, the Biden administration threatened to pull back its sanctions relief if Venezuela did not release both American and Venezuelan political prisoners. And now who brokered this? Because, you know, over and over again, we hear that so-and-so facilitated the conversations between the administrations, the Maduros and the Bidens. Cutter, again, Cutter. Cutter sat down with... Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, and uh, Jake Sullivan, the NSA, um, John Feiner. Yeah, 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 Cutter. Biden said in his statement on Wednesday, that's today, that even as the United States celebrates the return of the Americans, his administration is focused on securing the release of hostages from Gaza and detained Americans around the world, including Evan Gershkovich, and Paul Whelan in Russia. Yeah, good luck with both of those. We won't stop working until we bring them all home. I don't know about the rest of you, but whenever you know Joe Biden does something, I get extremely nervous. I'm usually pretty confident that what he's doing is not good. Not good for freedom-loving people, not good for this country, and I'm generally right. That's a sad, sad statement, really. So we got a lot going on. We really do. Now we have uh, a cover of the uh, on the New York Post. I think it was this morning, might have been yesterday when I saw it, that shows the border and says it's got hundreds of thousands of people and says Biden does nothing as record number, of illegally cross border. Biden is looking for an amnesty. You know that, right? But he's not even made any bones about it. He's not hiding it. He's breaking the border on purpose. Because in the current state of affairs, with the backlog of all of the uh, pending cases in our immigration courts uh, at 3 million, 3 million, and millions of border mi- migrants have been released into the United States, they're seeking asylum They've been doing it for three years. It's a shocking, shocking number. But it's just the latest example of how he's gonna break the immigration enforcement system and then he's gonna, you know, it'll force a massive amnesty. Mayorkas accused Donald Trump of gutting the immigration system. But come on. you You know what projection is, right? Like when you point your finger at somebody else, you got three pointing back at yourself. The border apprehensions along the Southwest border exceeded only 400,000 once during Donald Trump's presidency. In fiscal year 2019, they doubled. They hit 860,000, and then Donald Trump responded with the Remain in Mexico program, and that drove illegal immigration down again. Apprehensions now? $2 million in the past two fiscal years. That is an all-time record. If you look at this picture on the cover of the New York Post it, with all these people draped in these, uh, I guess, white, silver blankets, it's scary. It's a scary photograph. I wouldn't want to see that anywhere. Never mind on my border. Reports indicate that agents are nabbing more than 12,000 illegal migrants per day, putting them on track for four, well, at least 4.3 million apprehensions this year, even as we are allowing you know, 1,450 other migrants to pre-schedule their illegal entries because now they got a new app. They got the CBP-1. This is an app. And then add 30,000 more Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, Venezuelans that the White House is ushering into the units, the U.S. every month at undisclosed interior U.S. airports for two-year periods of pay, 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 payroll. payroll parole. You think they're ever going to leave? Of course not. It's no wonder the immigration court's dockets are ballooning. Because by law, DHS can't deport anybody applying for asylum until judges order them removed. So in non-detained cases, that takes years. Time during which these aliens live and work and get all the equities, houses, children, that'll make it even more difficult to send them back. The only way to make this system work is to limit the number of new aliens entering illegally. And the only way to curb illegal entries is detention, where cases take... 42 days on average, but this administration refuses to detain illegal immigrants, even though the law demands it. And you can bypass the immigration court process using expedited removal. This is a tool that Congress gave them in 1996 to discourage aliens from making bogus asylum claims just to get into the country. Oh, my goodness. Fight back, it's enough already. If you haven't had enough, what will it take? I, I, I just don't know. But listen to one more person telling me about how, you know, Donald Trump is the biggest danger to the world in 2024. All I can think of is really, let me show you these pictures of our southern border. Because you obviously don't have a clue what the biggest dangers are to this country in 2024. I can actually show you footage. How about that? Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Paggs, followed by Lars Larson and the Overnight Red Eye Guys, and then Jen and Bill will be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. with the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade at 9 o'clock, and then Dan Bongino at noon, and me, again, only tomorrow I'll be broadcasting live From La La Land. That's right, I'll be in Los Angeles. The magic of the airwaves. For now, I have one segment left today. Stay right where you are. Well, what can I tell
0: you? Everything has a reason, and I don't know what the reason was for my system just going kaput at the very end of my show, but thank goodness it is the very end of my show so that we'll be able to just wrap things up. And one thing I can tell you, that there is going to be a fight royale at the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has uh, issued a deadline for Donald Trump's team to submit a response to the most recent attack by the special counsel. And look, we understand why all this is happening. The President Joe Biden is on track to lose in a landslide. So he had to turn to the court's to rush a fake trial ahead of the 2024 election and to subvert the will of the voters and to remain in power, which, by the way, um, is right in keeping with what we saw in Colorado yesterday. Politicians and witch hunts and all the rest of this has damaged this beyond anything any of us could have ever, ever imagined. But we've got to fight this tyrannical abuse of power with every fiber of our being. When this goes to the Supreme Court, we've got to be on the stairs of the steps of the Supreme Court because the very survival of our free republic depends on it. If we let Joe Biden get away with a vicious attack like this on our elections, then we will never have a free election in America again. You see, because tyrants do not willingly abdicate the throne. But, you know, Donald Trump can't win this fight all on his own. You're going to have to join in the fight. I know I'm ready for the fight. I put on the full armor of God, and I'm going to be fighting. Anyway, thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Well, when I say back here, I'll be back on the air with you, but I'll actually be sitting in Los Angeles, California, where the world is upside down all the time. So it'll be very fitting for all of that. You stay safe, you stay good, and, uh, and just be yourself because everybody else is taken. I tell you that all the time. And remember, the most important thing is that God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman
1: Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond.
0: Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.